As health and wellness providers, we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person, multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own. That's why I've started the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I'll be bringing you interviews with experts, tips, tricks, secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Today on the show, we have Kelly Cabrera. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you for having me. Let's start with you introducing yourself to our audience and sharing a bit about how you got to be doing what you're doing present day. Okay, perfect. My name is Kelly Cabrera. I've been an RMT for 13 years, um, but I've actually been a clinic or practice owner for just about 10 of those years. Um, So along that journey, I've kind of worked to build a practice kind of by myself. It's grown and expanded to have my husband coincide as a co-owner together. And now we're a team of just about 20 in Lethbridge. And then from there, I've always loved teaching. So part of being um, the clinic owner would be like the massage educator. And that's slowly transitioned into helping massage therapists learn continuing education, get credits for what they can do um, outside of school, and specifically business coaching, which I think kind of hopefully translates to a lot of the listeners as well. Because uh, like many, I've also kind of gone the route of a multidisciplinary clinic and adapting and having other practitioners than just massage therapists. So the business aspect I feel is very important, but often not talked about enough, I think. Yeah, great. Well, I'm excited to chat with you today. It sounds like we're going to get into some specifics around massage therapy, massage therapist businesses, but also from the multidisciplinary lens. So I'm curious your opinion on, you know, should every massage therapist own their own business? Should every alternative healthcare provider own their own business? What do you think? Mm, That's a good question. So not many may like my answer on this. And I think that some should and some shouldn't. Not meaning that not everybody has the skill to kind of learn and adapt if you don't really know what you're doing right away. But there's there's a lot of things that come up when you're running and owning your own practice that are maybe going to test your capacity for stress or your resiliency um, and kind of your, your forethought and your, your planning. So I think those are things that are not always brought front of mind when we're excited about learning how to do a business or the idea of a business. But those things are what is ultimately going to, yeah, kind of test us to see whether or not we're going to be business owners long term. So the short and quick of it is I think some, yeah, some people aren't and some people just aren't, but that doesn't necessarily make it a good or bad thing for either. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I, I think it, comes down to not even necessarily personality, but more so being in alignment with your own uh, path in your life and your own vision and goals and being able to 
work in the way that you actually want to work and finding uh, clarity in that because there's a lot of misconceptions, right, about owning your own practice and pr- providers might feel like, well, I, that's what I want to do because of X, Y, and Z, but that's not actually the realistic experience of it because of all the barriers and uh, stress, like you mentioned. So that might not actually be in alignment for them. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah, for sure. I don't think I had a very, I'll call it like business owner type of personality. <laughs> I don't I don't know, like what kind of personality really is that, right? But yeah, I think I agree with you there. It took me the first probably five to six, I would even say maybe the seventh year or so to really figure out what it means to me personally is what a business owner is and who they are, what they should do and kind of like the switch into being a role model more so for clients, but the practitioners as well, and really understanding like what my role should be, Um, and kind of having like a lot of guilt about it along the way, like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not learning enough. I'm not as structured here. I don't have boundaries there. I'm saying yes to too many things. I feel like a chicken with my head cut off, you know, running around the room. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of learning curves, I think. But I think we get hard on ourselves too as business owners. So just know that you're probably not the only one that feels very bogged down and swamped and it's okay. Like you'll, you'll continue at it and yeah, eventually it does get better. And you kind of learn for yourself of like what you're really willing to take on and after a while, what you're willing to let go of and then not feel so guilty about those things. Yeah. And it really brings up the topic of burnout, of course, in the wellness industry. And I think most of us listening understand what burnout is and feels like, and we've all experienced it. But what do you think is the real cause of burnout in our industry? Oh my gosh. If we're looking at it from the aspect of being with clients, like there's that physical working inside of the business with with clients or with patients, right? We're exuding a lot of energy. We're having to do a lot of thinking on our feet, managing personalities that aren't our own, decisions that aren't our own. Um, But then there is that over-encompassing, you're kind of like trying to umbrella your job title to be absolutely everything and spread yourself so, so thin. And I think burnout has a lot to do with that too. Not finding when really to stop working. And I think there's maybe as a business owner, you don't really ever stop thinking about work. It's like, how do I think about it less when I'm not there? And then vice versa, when I'm at work, how do I not feel guilty about being here because other people are, you know, wanting my attention, or maybe I have a family, or maybe I have social commitments, maybe I'm not seeing friends or doing the things that I really like. So there's a lot of aspects to it, I think, physically, socially, emotionally, mentally, psychologically, like there's, there's just a, a lot spiritually, even I think for some yeah. people. So yeah, it's, it's a very all encompassing broad term for burnout, I think. Yeah, I think you and I would both agree that getting support as a business owner is just vitally important along like sooner rather than later. You know, I think mm-hmm. I talked to a lot of clinic owners that wish they would have gotten support earlier and support looks like a lot of different things. It might be actual support positions in your company, like an admin or something like that, or a coach for yourself or, a you know, a, a peer group of clinic owners to meet with once a month, something like that to Mm -hmm. get, it's a different type of support as the 
owner because you're giving support to your team all the time. Yeah, totally. And then there's the hidden aspect of, oh, I shouldn't talk about it because I'm supposed to look like I'm fine. And then in reality, you talk to, like you said, multiple clinic owners and they all have the very similar theme of like, I actually need help and I'm struggling here, but I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So what are those best practices that you coach on that can really help massage therapists, other uh, wellness providers thrive in their career and business? So we talk a lot about, you know, a lot of the hot topics that you've covered lots on your other podcast interviews, strategies for marketing, client referrals, client retention, um, how to better your own customer service journeys, efficient workflows, automations, all those things, especially when you're kind of a party of one or like a smaller clinic, you don't have a lot of resources. And so to easily say, I only have one job title and that's the one that I hold often that's not really the case, right? You're, yeah, I maybe hold like five to seven job titles within my practice. And then you're trying to figure out which of those five to seven are the most relevant and most important at any given time. So that's a lot of the community and mentorship support that I like to go through is even just identifying that first and showing people how to evaluate their time over money, obviously. And and it's okay sometimes if you are the business owner, if you truly just love being with your patients or your clients, and that's where you feel you're most at ease and you're most comfortable, then let's get you there. But showing you, okay, if you're the one doing that, here's the cost associated with having somebody come and do those other things that you feel like are vampire sucking energy items, right? And Sometimes just even having it broken down a little bit more of like, oh, okay, that's not going to cost me as much money as I thought, or maybe that's not going to cost me as much energy or stress as I thought. And say they start kind of seeing that it's okay to take the, take the gas off that pedal a little bit and be like, okay, I don't have to be all everywhere. I can still be what I actually want to do. And my practice can still run. I can still make the most major decisions. But then it's about trying to figure out how to delegate and train. And that's often a really big complaint as well, right? We always say like, oh, it's just faster if I do it myself. Right. Well, in the short term, definitely. In the long term, what could be faster? What could be a better solution? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, this is Shelby from the Jane team. Jane is an all-in-one practice management software designed to save you time with features like user-friendly online booking, efficient documentation, and an integrated payment solution. Here at Jane, we know your treatment time is valuable and you'd much rather be helping your patients and clients than filling out paperwork or chasing payment information. Jane's online intake forms help you maximize your treatment time by collecting all of the right information before your patient even walks through the door. Whether you need to collect a credit card on file, insurance billing details, or sign consent, you can customize your forms to fit your practice needs. And Jane is HIPAA compliant, so you can feel confident knowing that your patient's data is stored securely. With patient details saved directly to their profile and questionnaires to their chart, you can say goodbye to your bulky filing cabinet for good. Learn more by heading to jane.app forward slash guide. So what are those common mistakes that you're seeing um, that (laughs) practitioners are making that you feel like we just got to fix that right away? Oh, my God. I really had to think about this answer, like even before when we were talking about it, it was like, I got to narrow it down. A lot of the, I think a lot of them are not really knowing 
the types of workplace relationships we're expecting to have when we're bringing on other people to our team. So what I mean is if we have an open room for rent or if we're looking for an independent contractor or maybe if we have an employee-based model, what each of those should look like, what our job roles and titles and duties should be as the person providing that to the, the person who's filling that work role, and then what the work role expectations are of that person that we're bringing on to the team. Because those are really, really common misconceptions that can go sour really quickly. And I think that's one of the misconceptions for massage therapists looking to work in a multidisciplinary setting is they're, they're going to take all my money and they're not going to do a lot for me or they're going to do X, Y, and Z. And I don't really agree with that. And so now actually having gone through and kind of trying to create an environment where it's, you know, massage therapists can come to work, they can do what they love, they can focus on what they love, they still get paid really, really well, they don't have to take on basically any stress other than dealing with the client portion, making sure the clients are having a good outcome, and then we handle the rest. I'm like, okay, other people need to learn this system as well, because there is a really happy medium that sits there. But unfortunately, that common idea is kind of like a killer for massage therapists looking for jobs, because it's like a a, a mis- it's a stigma or it's a misconception of thinking of what another clinic site might not provide for them or, or offer for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other things too, massage therapists just like doing everything alone. And maybe that's the same as mm-hmm. everybody listening as well, or many practitioners. Yeah. You're just, I don't ask for help. I do it alone. School said, oh my God, that's the biggest one. School said I should do it this way. School mm-hmm. said I should do business this way. And no matter what kind of uh, wellness background we're from, education teaches us really, really well how to be that education specialist or how to be that modality specialist. Not enough time to be able to be a business specialist, right? We don't get a BMA or we don't get a bachelor in business or anything like that. So if that was the case, a lot of our programs would be an extended four-year period on top of that. We kind of have to learn it on the fly and there's a lot of mistakes that get made too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk more about the the idea of hiring massage therapists, right? So if we have listeners who are uh, massage therapists, massage therapists themselves, and they want to hire LMTs in or RMTs in, or, you know, especially the multidisciplinary clinic owner, if the owner is not a massage therapist, Mm -hmm. let's talk through some strategies of, you know, what to look for, what massage therapists are looking for. Um, I'm a mental health counselor. I've been hiring massage therapists for many years. And um, it's, you know, there's, and this is what I coach people on mostly is hiring outside of their modality, right? Because Mm -hmm. we don't know what we don't know. And then there's a, there's a lot of stigma and, um, like assumptions about other modalities too. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Okay, perfect. Um, I actually love that you do that because that's, I think that goes along with that stigma of like, oh, I don't, I should work for myself and not for another clinic. So as far as the person looking for a massage therapist who's not a massage therapist, the first place that you can start is in your hiring ad that you have out or in a careers page that you might have we always kind of feel like we have to, you know, fluff it up or make it more noticeable or stand out compared to maybe other people who are looking for the same type of job title. When it comes, like I always tell everybody, keep it very, very simple and keep it very forthcoming and straightforward. 
So whatever is in the job ad or whatever you're listing there is literally what somebody is going to expect day one that they're on the job and then month three and then into month six and even by the year that they've worked there. There should be no hidden surprises when there's a job listing compared to when the massage therapist actually goes in and begins the job because that's obviously where frustrations are going to start right away. Oh, it said nothing about doing this on the job ad and now you're adding these three things on my job role. Or, um, and then said nothing about cleaning, but you're expecting me to be right. uh, cleaning, which that's kind of a given. Like we're all in a health standard industry. Cleanliness is very important. Sanitization is very important. And if I was a massage therapist working on my own, I'd be having to do that anyways. But the idea of being in um, a bit more of a broader clinic sense, massage therapist might be thinking, oh, that should be taken care of by the clinic. The yeah. clinic owner says, no, that's a general rule that should be included. You should be taking care of that. So those types of things, really small, but they make a really big impact because, you know, nobody wants to be brought down for a job and then say, oh, all of a sudden now you got to go work over there. Or you got to go do this. Or now you got to run out and do this. Or we don't actually cover that. So yeah, as, as open as you can would be a great place to start. And then that goes into the interview. And I honestly, like, we don't we don't always hire somebody based off of their skill when they're a massage therapist. Uh, it might be a little bit different for others uh, because I do have that mentoring background. So I'm like, if I find somebody who's got the great personality, but the massage is like, you know, you give me a massage and maybe it's like a six out of 10 instead of whatever our standard is an eight out of 10 right off the bat. That's something that I can work with. Even if the massage is like a four out of 10, that's still something that we can work with because that's our built-in education part portion. But I always look at hiring for personality because you can always help somebody, maybe give them a bit more continuing education allowance, send them to courses. You can always help them build their skill set up. But personality is always one that you're having to kind of like fight to work backwards on oftentimes yeah. when you're looking for a team collaborative setting. It's different mm -hmm. if you're working by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great tips. I agree wholeheartedly. And um, I think massage therapists, in my experience, have just had a lot of negative work experiences. Mm -hmm. And they're really, uh, they've been burned and often undervalued, underpaid. And so they can tend to come into an opportunity with their guard up a little bit. And I think a lot of that can be disarmed by communication and really clear details. Like you were saying earlier, if you expect your massage therapist to help with laundry in between their sessions, that needs to be listed from day one, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, compensation structure for those things and all of that laid out um, so that they're not surprised when they get started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that compensation structure, like this goes for all, all people who are either looking to have a massage therapist, even massage therapists ourselves. When I was starting out, like I was a room renter. So obviously, I thought, Oh, that's so great. I'll make 100% of everything that comes in. And then you slowly start to realize, by the time you're room renting, and you're kind of getting your practice going, and it takes a few years, oh, I was actually working maybe a couple of those years at less than minimum wage. By the time you put in and factor all of the effort, the strategizing, the marketing, the after hours admin stuff that you might take for granted when you have at a clinic, because you might not have that working background. So those are things that should be really highlighted. And like more so of what is done, like I know, saying just marketing is a broad term, 
but specifically listing what is actually done for a massage therapist or anybody. You could apply this to physio, uh, chiropractors, yeah. acupuncturists, whoever you're hiring, of, of what is done on the back end. Because that's the biggest thing that they want to know. If I'm, if I'm on a split, whatever the split is, whatever you're offering me for a wage, what are you doing as the employer or the person who's providing me the work site? And right. if they kind of understand that a bit more, then... Yeah, they're like, oh, that's actually great. I don't have to do any of that. You mean I can just do less stress? You mean you're the one that thinks about that after hours? Maybe that's what they're actually looking for. And then that seems to kind of ease off those misconceptions a little bit more too and make the working relationship a lot simpler. Yeah, absolutely. Kelly, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I think this has been very valuable for our audience. Um, I know you have a giveaway if you want to tell everybody about it. Yeah, so I have a couple of resources, actually. Anybody can utilize them. You don't have to be a massage therapist. They're right on my homepage. One is to audit your Google listings, see if you're actually showing up really well. That gets you attractive clients for free, which is great. And I see this so underutilized <laughs> in a lot of our therapy clinics, um, as well as a few social media tips and monthly massage mentorship. Um, but as part of this specific giveaway to the wellness creators, or Wellness Center Creators Podcast, I would like to um, kind of be an, an ear to listen in on if you guys need any help at all about hiring massage therapists. So I'm giving away um, a one hour session for free, normally $70. And I can provide the link to Kendall and stuff. But I thought maybe that would be really beneficial if you if you do have a struggle or if you're finding that your hiring incentives are not working, you're not getting as many applications as possible. It's definitely uh, one of the things I love to help clinics kind of do the workaround, figure out what's not working and, and let's fix it. So, Well, that's an amazing offer, super generous. And I encourage everyone to take advantage and chat with Kelly and we'll put the link in the show notes. And if people are, you know, they're just ready to work with you, how can they find you on social media and what's your website? Um, my website is www massagecec.com or if you type in Breakthrough Massage Academy it'll come up on Google you can still find me as well as on Instagram's Breakthrough Massage Academy as well as on Facebook Breakthrough Massage Academy I also have a LinkedIn page as well Kelly Cabrera or Breakthrough Massage Academy so one of those ways in there it should be pretty easy to find amazing uh, Kelly thank you so much for being here thank you thank you so much for having me Kendall I really appreciate it Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Plus, if you do have time, please subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing the show. That will help other people find us. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast.